Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Discover More. This week, we continue our conversation with music producer and entrepreneur Anwar Ahmed. Known musically as Anweezy, he has accomplished an incredible feat of amassing 1.3 million Spotify streams in his first year of music production. In this week's episode, Anwar shares stories about his journey into music, the light and dark sides of LA, as well as his captivating vision for the future. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Discover More, where we strive to accelerate the learning process together through intentional dialogues. My name is Benoit. And my name is Aiden. This podcast was built on the foundation of approachable guests, synthesized experiences, and relatable lessons that will help you grow throughout your journey. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoy and continue to discover more. Yeah, Anwar, thanks for sharing that uh, parts of your journey and your stories. And I just have so many questions. You sound like you have this unique ability to not just plan, execute, and pivot, but the fact that you're able to, I guess, extract the best value and the best experience from the time being. And you gloss over the fact that you were doing management before you became the current music producer that you are. And I don't know, and I think most people don't know too much about the music industry, the payout structure, the infrastructure, how business works, how money works. But because you have this unique standing to peer into that curtain, we'd love for you to elaborate and expand on your, your functionality as a management, what that entails, and how that whole industry pans out. Okay, so uh, if you're looking for the music structure itself, there's several ways people get paid out. So. It could be by release of a record. Before anything, the hierarchy of certain things is if you're independent, you're indie, and let's say you self-produce and you know you record on the mic and then you engineer and then you release, you deserve 100% of the record, right? Because you've done all the work. So I'm just going to go from a, the pie aspect, you know? So if a producer comes in and an artist is working with you, then it's 50-50 splits down the middle unless it's exclusively bought. Meaning that if someone decided to pay me $2,000 for the beat, they can decide not to give me any points on the record. I'm going to explain what points are and stuff, but I'm telling percentages first. So 50-50. Now, usually, when a manager steps in and they see, like, overwhelming work towards the artist or, like, see where they can be a filler, then usually the standard rate is 20%. Meaning that, let's say, if that artist records on his own beat and releases, then 80% is his and 20% is the manager's. That's just how it is. Obviously, the whole thing is negotiation, where it could be 10% for uh, a tour manager and 10% for a regular day-to-day manager, or it can be, now it's 1%, it just matters about the artist, but an upbringing artist is usually standard rate 20%, unless he is invested into that artist, meaning that it would usually be 50% after paybacks. So people don't understand this. This is the the sad part of things, because a lot of artists get screwed over, a lot of producers get screwed over, even managers like myself get screwed over because we just waste time and energy towards things we don't get payouts in, you know? So what I can say is whoever is being trusted in, if I ever would manage again, I would have to have an agreement down straight up and it's going to say 20% guaranteed. I'm not going any less. And the same thing, if I'm going to be investing to that artist, it's going to be 50, it's written. Because I had certain things happen to me because I didn't have stuff written. It was just used against me. And then now I'm just getting looked at as a clown for certain metrics, you know. So let's go back. So for managers, 20% is usually it. 
Now the breakdowns. There's a thing where if the record gets distributed, meaning it's going to be on Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon Music, Google Play, all that stuff, that's called distribution. That's one side of it. That's when you know the music gets on all the stores. There's another side of it now. There's a thing called mechanical royalties. This is where the songwriter will come in to receive their royalties of that song. Mechanical royalties. It's separate from distribution. And there's another thing where it's pro, meaning it's just publishing, where you would get paid anytime any store uses your record, like coffee shop. Anytime you go on tour and you do a show and you play that song, you get royalties for playing that song. That's publishing. Those are the main splits. Okay. It's like this. There's different types of maneuvering in the game. I've seen artists where they just literally maneuver themselves off Twitter, put so much money into Twitter where it offsprings all the way through. And that's an artist, like, literally, I can't lie, I, I slipped on a, a huge artist that I should have worked with. And I did that because of who I was managing and their belief system and the agreement I was under with them. Meaning that, like, if I accepted a third artist, it would have to be yes among the panel. You feel me? And mm-hmm. they said no. Which the wild thing is, that artist is top 25 rising artists. Uh, he had 780 million on Spotify. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, so it's crazy because this is where I tell you the belief system. I've never got the chance to tap in my own self 100%, meaning that like I would be advised certain things, I would agree, and I would jump into other visions. This is a time in my life where I fully have a vision for myself, and I'm executing it by day. I could be judged upon or this, this, that. That has no manner for me. I don't care for that. That means nothing to me. I already know I'm going to make it. It's not an arrogant thing. I know I'm already there. That's how I see it. Already there. I'm just one human that has to do the steps towards that. And I'm clearing it out by day. So it's fine. You know? Where did this come from? Like, I definitely admire the conviction that you're speaking to this future reality with. But obviously, it must have been a process. As someone who entered the music scene, what did you say? Like a year and a half ago? Three years. I'm, I'm on my third year. I got you. Well, three years, even so, like it still seems like a lot of conviction for something. Where did this come from? Like, is it just trial and error every day? I think it's a admirable mindset that I certainly hope to achieve in the near future. Moezy was the first person that allowed me to manage him. This is what really happened. We went to Ethiopia together. We built a skate park. We bonded together. I was like, oh, snap. It was an awasa. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, I come back and then he, he's like, bro, you'd be a dope manager. I'm like, thank you. So then he was the first person I was actually like managing. Like it gave me a chance. So I take shit serious. So I have to like understand the structure and stuff like that. So I'm like, fuck, I have a big learning curve. Huge people take their whole lives to like this. So I was like, okay, I get it. Let me just dive deep in this business stuff. I have to understand it. And I was just like reading books, looking at lectures, blueprints, until I understood what was there, what was fully there. And what would, you know, be safe for Moezy. So off bat, I knew I needed to get a lawyer got blessed by a lawyer because of an event I did when I first, I was a photographer and I came into this event, right? You're gonna laugh. I go, I go to the W and there's an event for artist producer named Dre and he's like, yo, I need you to slide by to do pictures. I'm like, straight. So I'm taking pictures and then I meet like a lot of dope artists and you know, this is the first, it's my first week, but I already knew how to move. Like the thing is, when you understand like, yo, if you're in this position, you can move like this and, and you're this, like I'm this. So I know I should talk like this when I should talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know which way to move. He blessed me. I got to meet his attorney who represents him, a series of artists and producers, and they only see me as a photographer, which is wild. Like, I never told them anything. So this day, like, when I start producing now, like, they're, they're looking at me like, bro, I met you as a photographer. And this is wild, because <laughs> me? Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. I don't see myself as a photographer. Come on. That's the thing I used 
to build bridges for myself, you know, because I know you want pictures and you're not going to try to pay for them. So you're good. Win-win. So I knew how to get an attorney, so I got Matt Buser. He's a dope attorney. He definitely protected me towards a series of things, uh, even a whole EP with Moezy and another producer. The crazy thing is I picked up another artist and then I started realizing, like, I'm not really eating off this. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm making money off, like, my programming stuff and stuff like that. But that's an aspect that you, no one can look at. It is what it is. And I, I get it. So some people don't see me in that light, but I see myself in that light. So till then, uh, I'll headbutt the whole world, you know? Not an issue. You realize there is a discrepancy between your input versus the output. And obviously, exactly. your input was overwhelming compared to the little output they're receiving. It seems every single move you've made since you first landed on L.A., LA soil is very strategic because you knew the LA culture. So you knew the oh, yeah. incentives that is attached to photography. So that was your way in. But can you explain to us your thought process? Like how did you decide first photography to get your foot in? But once your foot's in the door, let's use management to maneuver the music space. And now let's eventually move to... Brother, I'm going to tell you something. I would never do that. I'm completely different. So this is how I see things. If I meet you once, right? It's fine. I'm not going to ask for anything from you. I don't want anything from you. But I just want you to know who I am. My face. You can meet as many people in this industry. It just has to make sense for them first, then you, if you want to connect, bro. So, like, the photography made sense because they wanted pictures and they were getting it for free. Imagine, like, someone's coming to... Think about it. Like, I wish I had someone right now that came and watched me make beats and edited it for free. I wish I had that. But I did that in aspect because I knew I was good, you know, with my backing. And I was like, you know what? Try to connect differently. Try freely. There is no agenda. I'm by myself, bro. I want to see how I can maneuver. It's just how I am in Texas, how I am in Pennsylvania. How I am is just how I am. It's just a new start. I don't ever do that. So if you, let's say even Post Malone's manager, Dre London, right? Hand to hand. I know Jay. That's Post Malone's day to day. That's Tyler's day to day. Why would I ever try to approach them towards a business of mine if that doesn't make sense for them? For example, there's people who are asking me to hit up Jay for Post Malone for, for 400K, right? And I hit Jay, and Jay's like, no, a little under a mil or more, straight up. Now I know that's that decision for him. It's not for me. Till I get to that level, then it makes sense for us. I'm not there yet. So what I can do is I can work towards the peers of my level hmm. and see where I can shoot certain shots. And if they work, they work. If they don't, I'm pivoting and I'm continuing. That's just about it. Because in this game, in this music game, nothing is promised but your brand and structure. Because you can continue off your brand and your structure, but like how many people are going to listen to you towards the time frame of your own? Like it's up to the ears. It's not on you. Mm -hmm. Kind of beginning with the audience in mind, wanting it to be win, 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 yeah, exactly. beneficial at all times. And one of the things that I'm noticing through your storytelling is like you dive deep, but it doesn't seem like it's like diving deep on goals, but like what makes sense in the moment. I'm almost noticing like an intuitive movement of like, hey, this photography thing is taking off. I'm going to dive more into that. Or like the management thing is working really well. Like when you moved to LA, did you know you were going to do production at some point? Or was nope. it, or even acting at some point? Or was it just no. what works? No, I'll be honest. I thought I was going to do tech. It's crazy because there was a friend of mine. I was in Virginia one day. took my boy, Omar. Then Luke, that's my brother. I knew that guy all my life. So... We're just sitting down, we're just talking. And I'm like, bro, man, I gotta go somewhere. I got a week and I gotta decide where I wanna go. I'm like, yo, I'm thinking about LA, right? He's like, bro, you better do LA. He's like, that's gonna <laughs> stop right there. He's like, you're doing LA, that's it. I'm like, man, but what about, he's like, nah, LA, you're going to LA. <laughs> I'm like, all right, straight, fuck it. And then I just chose LA. 
And that's what landed me there. But then mm-hmm. when I got there, you know how it is. You get fresh air. You're like, oh, now it makes sense why I'm here. Because me, I'm a man that likes to risk stuff. Like, if I'm looking for generational and, like, a very strong impact, then the thing I'm doing is what I'm doing, man. And that's the truth. But it took a while, bro. Like I said, I, I still haven't dove into acting. I want to be an actor. I don't want to see why I land on that, you know? We're human, bro. Like, why are people trying one thing and then sticking for 65 years? I get it. So the thing is, I understand it. I understand it. It's sacrifice for the next upbringing. If you're doing it, if you're doing it as a sacrifice for the next. But if you're not doing it for a sacrifice for the next, why are you sacrificing yourself? What is mm-hmm. it for? Stop wasting your time. I saw it like that. So I'm a guy that's going to keep divin' dabbering. And I'm like, I have a checklist. Yes, I'm good at this. I'm bad at this. I'm good at this. I'm bad at this. Or I'm like, yo, I have these blueprints. I can come back to this when this makes sense. If I want to open a food truck again, I can. I'll be like, yo, I know exactly how to use it. And I'll tell who to run it. And this aspect now is, is golden. It's good because I'm branding it. And then while I'm up there as a producer, I can just mark my name on top of it. This is how it works. But it's branding. Where I was doing it, I was doing it for others. And I was like doing it for a different name. Like I was doing it for the truck itself. I wasn't doing it for me. And I make that apparent for everyone I meet. So if they don't like it, I'm like, that hurts. Because something you don't know is me looking out for me first and you second might be your first, me second. People don't realize that. And I'm like, that's cool. I get where you you stand, you know? This is where it's like dark side of LA. I can say it's not, it's, it's beautiful and stuff like that. But you start realizing that everyone here is running towards a purpose, right? So... If you connect with them, are you really connecting for their purpose or are you connecting for yours? Mm-hmm. And if you're not even connect, thinking of that aspect, then how long are you really going to be with them? And does that mean are you draining them? Are you anchoring them? Are you helping them? Are they helping you? It's like so weird, bro. So like you can't really give mm-hmm. home vibes because it's like they're sacrificing something for their own and mm-hmm. for their people. And like you're sacrificing for your own and then for your people. But it's like when you're together, does the join make sense? And if it doesn't, I hope you know one end is bleeding. It doesn't matter how you see it. One end is bleeding. And I learned that in L.A. So now I took all my power back, bro. Everything. I've, whew, man, I've dealt with a lot of stuff. Like, I've loved hard in L.A. Hard, bro. I had a relationship where I literally, like, bled myself out. And it's kind of sad, but everything you wouldn't want in a woman was in that woman. And I was getting smacked with that every day. But the beautiful thing behind that is I know my limits towards that aspect that I can't that has to be mutual now love is a thing that you can exchange among any human and it's a beautiful thing it could be amongst a friend it could be amongst a loved one you know anyone family member but you gotta know when it's hurting you man and if it doesn't make sense you're just hurting yourself and there's gonna be an aspect where you're like damn I cut so much of myself so deep this is a, a scar this is not something you could just put you know aloe vera and be like okay Skin's going to come back soon. No, it's a deep one. And this deep cut did such a ripple effect on how I think and how I maneuver. And it sucks. Even how I talk with beautiful women. They can be as beautiful as they want. They can have some potential. But now it's not even a standard thing. I'm just like, damn, it don't make sense. Like, I'm not going to waste your time. You're not going to waste my time. This is the aspect of this. And you know it. And I know it. LA put me in such dark places. And it's wild because, like, I was suicidal in college, right? But... I can 100% admit that I was sadder in L.A. I was more depressed in L.A. So just know triggers do happen when you're sad. So like back in college when I was suicidal, obviously, pills were a thing. So that notation amplified how I was thinking, not sleeping. Like all these factors came in together. But me being depressed over time was in L.A. I was sad. And it was a weird thing because it's like, I really just want to help. Like, 
And I realized I can't do that. Literally, it's not possible because then I'll just drain myself and there's no look out, nothing. This is, this is how life is, Anwar. Your mom told you every single day when she's gone, you got you. That relationship uh, was uh, different for me. I guess I didn't receive the love. I wish her the best, obviously, you know. A quote comes to my mind is, there are no regrets, only lessons. So it sounds like you don't necessarily regret your experience with your ex because she instilled a certain lesson into your life and she served her purpose in a certain timeline of your life. But obviously you were able to, you know, extract the lessons, uh, take the lessons, learn the lessons to get to the current self-empowering NY mindset that you have now. And since we are talking about the nitty gritties and the backbone of entrepreneurship, and plus, as everyone knows, LA is such the land of opportunities. I want to pick at your brain a little bit farther. So the mindset that you explained to us is four-step process, which is plan, execute, reflect, and pivot. Right now, since we're talking about the entrepreneur side of Enwar, I want to focus on the identity for a bit. So, and I think a lot of people have this misconception that entrepreneurs are willing to be risky with their decision making. But you were explaining to us you always had a plan B, C, D, E, F. No, no, that's in life. That's that's a life thing. Like. I wasn't scared to try an endeavor because I have other sequences I could fall upon, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you go into something, you don't really know what you're doing. You have to, all you can do is gather as much research and plan for it and then execute off it. That's what I'm saying. Like, once you plan for it, you have to execute off it. Some people have plans for years. They don't execute off it. So you don't get to go to that stage. You know what I'm saying? And then after you execute, you can reflect off it because you're like, damn, I definitely slipped on this big time. So then after you reflect, you can just pivot on that aspect and then... You plan accordingly with that aspect. Is this a built-on thing, bro? If you hear it 10 times, you can even feel yourself aligning. Just say, like, literally, plan, execute, reflect, pivot. Now you're pivoted. You're, you're getting closer and closer and closer and closer to that goal, bro. And it's and you get faster doing it because it's like you understand it by now. You've, you did it so many times. It's a cycle. And you learn so much more by acting than reading or writing or whatever the fact is. That comes full circle with one of our first interview we ever did was with a real estate investor and his whole slogan was paralysis by analysis. It's like some days at the time you can analyze the shit out of whatever you're trying to make a decision on, but it ultimately paralyzes you at the end of the day. And I think your story specifically speaks to the importance of trying new things, you know, experimenting with new career changes, with different lines of work, because that's ultimately the greatest teacher. Until you know what mud looks like, you kind of have to have an experience with mud. You get me? With dirt. Mm-hmm. Or you can go and you can research what mud is. Like you can look at it and be like, that's different. That's, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's texture of this or it feels like this. And so you can get close to it, but you still haven't experienced it. Jump in the mud, brother. Jump in it. You know what mud is now. You feel me? That's what I'm doing. I'm just doing that in so many different aspects and I can fall upon it later. Because I know I'm getting older, but these blueprints are already shelved. So I can just be like, boom, bang, boom. One of the things I did want to kind of loop back to is on relationship building and just kind of networking with people. You know, everyone has their different purpose. You want to make sure that they are aligned. Uh, What, you know, is your process look like in that? Is that also kind of like the reflect and pivot kind of approach between uh, the people you're interacting with? Okay, so it's like this. If you ever want to interact with a certain person, and they might be hard to reach or you can think of, then you have to look into their their circle of people. And even if that, you have to have something that you can provide to them that makes sense for them first than you. If you want to have that connected relationship. 
And that's the truth. Unless it's just like, boom, y'all just meet. If you are scouting to look for someone and to build a relationship, then you have to offer something to them. If it's money, it's money, straight up. If it's just a way of maneuvering for them, do it. No, totally. I was almost thinking of like the next step. Like once you are close with people, say it's artists you're working with, like not as much on the how to get to know someone, but the like, how do you figure out if your paths should cross in the future? If that you guys are aligned in the, in the long term, is it long conversations? Do you talk about like future visions with a lot of the people you're working with? No, that's, that's the sad part. I'm very logical, but I'm dumb. 2017, 18, 19, and 2020, I free fault. I free fault in trust. It didn't matter who you were. I already knew that I have my backing. Like I said, I have, I'm supported. So whatever you try to do to me, it really won't hurt me. It's not gonna be a huge deficit of money. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? I'm just living by day and it's like understanding how people move and who they are. And it takes time towards things. Like my relationship, my ex, I was just an emotional, I was a, I was a wreck, bro. Like I was like, damn, like how could she do this to me? Why is this happening to me? This is this, this. The sad thing about all this stuff, man, the biggest wraparound, some questions don't have answers. And maybe you're not supposed to understand everybody. That's not your thing. Yeah, I hear you, man. I think as a fellow like numbers first person, I always like to find the answer in things. And like, you know, there should be like a clear cut answer to why this happened or what went wrong here. But I think that's kind of something that I've noticed as getting older. It's just like other people think, act and just have different perspectives, not being able to change anyone, but just agreeing to see the disagreement. Which, you know, is easier said than done in a lot yeah, of ways, but, uh... Man, I was so dark, you don't understand, like, I was so sad, bro. How'd you, like, work through that? I mean, mental health is definitely that. something I, that we yeah. talk about a lot, but, like, what did the process on healing look like there? Um, ah, man, that was rough, like... Like I said, I met a guy named Sangsta, a dope artist, man, he's my bro. He held me in a great position in my life, like, I was very sad, and he was just telling me, like, yo, fuck that shit. Look at you, you're, you're, he's like, you're a genius, you're, you're smart as fuck. My nigga, like, you don't understand who you are, bro, who gives a fuck? Like, he's bringing me back to who I am. He was just a mirror fact. like, he's a person that I need. When you get love, hopefully you're around people that are a reflection of you. That's the truth, right? Thanks to, he blessed me in that brother sense. So we got close, he was there for me when I needed it. Over time, this is crazy. So I got connected to this producer, Baby Winch. He produced Drug Addicts by Lil Pump. Dope guy. He gave me my first drum kit. I was like, there. I was like, yo, bro, I want to learn production. Like, I'm talking to Saints today. I'm like, I want to produce, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to do it, bro. So then I link it with uh, Baby Winch, and he gives me my first drum kit. So then I get connected to Blackbeard, and I drive out to Arcade, and I go to his studio. He's like, bro, you good? I'm like, nah, man, I'm going to. Just make some shit. Like, I was just sad. Like, I didn't want to be around people because I'm bringing other people down, but I'm like, damn, this emotional shit, like, you can't. I hate when people are like, yo, just brush it off. It's, no, bro. What, what are you talking about? It's not how it is. We're human. Feel it, observe it, know your depths, understand it, and then you pivot, you know? But till then, you don't get to pivot. You got to feel it. Like, it sucks because certain people understand feelings and some people don't, you know? They just don't. So him, he's like, yeah, let's just make up some beats. I'm like, straight. So I make it my first beat with him. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, this is hard. And he's just, he's, <laughs> and he, yeah, I was like, yo, this is hard, bro. And he, he's just like, yeah, fam. He's like, you got me, bro. I made another beat with him, like how he works first. He's like, shadow me. See what I'm doing, shadow me. I'm like, dope. I went on tour. I went on this Bosque tour. I was in like Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia. And then I got blessed by uh, by Sparks and Smitty. Uh, Smitty is like Post Malone's DJ. 
He told me to come through to Belgium. And then after that, I, went, I flew out to Belgium, went to a post Malone show. You know, I got connected to a producer named Outlaw. Sparks, appreciate you for connecting me because you definitely changed my life. It was like history. Like, I'm talking about Sparks. I'm like, yo, have you ever worked with Outlaw? He's like, nah, man, I never really got the chance to work with him. I don't know what to teach him. Like, he, he already good. I'm like, so just work with him. You know what I'm saying? He's like, bro, but I'm doing this. And I'm like, fuck it. Cool if I work with him? He's like, yeah. So I stopped working with Outlaw. Let's go. This is where life switched. He gave me so much game and influence and just showed me what loyalty felt like from a distance. I'm like, damn, your beats are fire, bro. I'm like, I don't know why no one's listening to you. I like, I don't know what's happening, but you're fire. I just left Belgium. Hopefully I come back, we'll reconnect. And that dude is something else. I was like, okay. So I started making beats. He's telling me off that, no. That's, he's like, that's off key. He's like, no, that's... So he's giving me critique, like stuff I need. And then same thing with Sangsta and Chris Bat. All of them were helping me with like just my, like helping my ear speed. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, music is over time, you understand like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm fairly new. And the thing is, unless you listen to this interview, you're only going to know I'm fairly new. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not telling the soul that I've only produced for one year now. No one's going to know unless you've listened to this interview. So whenever people <laughs> ask me, no, no, I'm going to tell you, I swerve it. And I do that on purpose because it's sad when you see qualities getting overlooked for time frame. Like, bro, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? This is fire. So instead, I'm not going to talk to any of you guys. I'm going to do my blueprint. I'll get my hundreds of placements. I don't care. And I'll break bread with everyone I need. I'll connect the bridges I need. And then from there, you'll just hear the story pinpoint as time passes. And if you decide to listen to my story, you'll know. Till then, you don't know. I'm protecting myself. There is a lot to unpack. And you've heard the saying of, follow your passion before, right? All of us have heard the saying, follow your passion. I was having this conversation with a client recently. I was telling her, following your passion, I think that's very, very flawed because you can't follow your passion. You have to find your passion. And I hear that from your stories over and over again because just from your initial prefacing and your affirmation of you're only going to Texas for one year because of the incompatibility with the culture or for whatever reasons, and through your journey as a photographer, through your journey as a manager, and your through your journey now as a fairly accomplished producer for your only one year of experience, like obviously uh, I do want to celebrate your achievement, the fact that like you were able to hit a million streams on Spotify Raps last year, and which is especially like you talked about, unless people who listen to this episode, they will never find out. And Weezy, the producer, only had a year of experience and you were able to hit that milestone, which I do want to congratulate you on record. But that aside, I just keep seeing that pattern of you didn't want to follow your passion and say you wanted to discover and build your own path for you. This continuous pattern of discontentment that you felt with different jobs, like when you're working with your tech, you were discontent. So you knew that was not your path. So you wanted to go seek you your own your path. path. Yeah. Um, currently, let's bring all the way back to your current state, the 27-year-old Anwar, who is going to dedicate 2021 as your first empowering year that you're going to seek out and look out for yourself before the others. Yeah. It's crazy because this is finally where I get to use 100% of myself. People don't like it, that's fine, they can leave. I get to use 100%. Like I've never in my life got the chance to use 100% of myself and I'm, I'm happy for it. I think that's like the exciting part because if you're able to accomplish the million streams last year with one year of experience, while utilizing 85% of you, but now you're going to dedicate 100%. I think that's extremely exciting. This is the truth though. 
what people might be seeing is there's one path to me right now. Like they're seeing me releasing the records, right? But what I'm really doing is I have hundreds of records already done and I'm not releasing them. The artists are. They're all releasing it and I'm still discredited as a producer, but I don't get, I'm not going to be on their Spotify or I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? It's just how it works. It's just the industry. But for me, I'm branding myself too. I'll say like 2% of producers are doing what I'm doing right now, unless they're doing instrumentals. That's the truth. They're building accounts as a producer and they're collabing outside in the force too, representing their name too, you know? So a lot of hidden producers, you don't know a lot of producers, bro. The producers that you know have literally tapes out too with other producers. That's just with other artists. It's just how it is. So the way I saw it is there's two blueprints. It was FKI first. I saw his Spotify and I was, I was seeing how he was collabing and how he was working. I was like, dope. And then I saw Russ, how he just had consistency with weekly drops. And he was just like, yo, I got to keep it going. Because at the end of the day, it's just momentum. If you're not going to hear me now, there's going to be a stage where I believe in myself to the point. You're going to hear it. It's just consistency. So I just blended both, and I blame my platform as a, you know, towards production. So you might see me release records. I hope everyone streams it, you know, keep sharing it. But there's, there's other records out there that I produced, but I'm just, I'm credited on it. So it's, it's different. So this game, I'm trying to fill in all cards. Like everything, there's so many slots of this game that it's, it's ridiculous. There's certain slots I can't hit, but I'm not going to mention them. I'm going to just bring myself towards it till I can hit it, you know? I don't want to tell any weaknesses. <laughs> but if we're doing a numbers game, if you have a thousand records out, do you think you make a dollar a month from it? I would think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, 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 you make more than a dollar. So yeah, let's say that's a thousand, right? Uh-huh. So you might make five dollars, right? Catalog only can increase. Now you're making five, you know, five thousand. If you're thinking in a mass. Me, I reverse engineered this, this game for myself, like my blueprint for myself, for my vision. So it's completely different. I know branding is first, so I'm gonna just brand myself for So last year, I literally gave out all my beats for free. So if you connected with me, you gotta be a free beat, bro. But they don't know that. The thing is, I'm not letting anyone know my time frame. I just rather you vibe with it. Oh, you vibe with it. Take it, you know what I'm saying? It don't hurt. You get me now? Yeah. So I'm like, so for that year, that was just a heavy learning curve while blessing other producers to be in slots. I was exactly producing other beats too. I was just, you know how it is. For branding, you need more out there first. And then once it's out there, it's, it's whatever. So, so my tag is, hey, look, it's Anwar. So I know for a fact, hey, look, it's Anwar. The more times <laughs> you hear that, you're yeah. like, oh, that's Anweezy. This is how it is. So I know I'm just trying to make production tapes all over uh, a series of countries. I'm going to do that. That's one of my blueprints. I'm going to keep doing submissions. Connected a couple of A&Rs, so I'm going to be submitting towards a series of labels and just playing the production game while releasing music by me. You get me? I love it, man. So I'm hitting all markets. And the crazy thing is, this is bigger than me because let's say people start touring mm-hmm. and they need DJs. I'm going to be a DJ. So I can't be on like 25, 30 tours or 50 tours. I can't. I can only be one person. But what I can do is I can connect my producers to other artists and now they have a chance to go on tour. So they got to be ready. I'm just trying to put more slots together. It's so big. It's just boom. Elevate the people around you, kind of all yeah. grow together in the musical sense. I'm definitely curious about as you're filling these slots, kind of building out this dream and vision, has your prior experiences, both with entrepreneurship or even your computer science background, like does the comp sci help with branding or marketing? Like are you kind of interweaving a lot of the stuff that you're doing musically with past experiences that you've had? I'm just using like a computer scientist type of thinking. So I'm trying to like just stay logical now. 
I have a lot of coder friends and I think what you're speaking to is the systematic approach that you guys yeah, have, exactly. right? You're good at approaching whatever the topic or subject on a systematic level and analyze it and figure a way to how to penetrate the system and reverse engineering, which you're speaking to. And I do want to touch upon your branding real quick because it sounds like your strategy is branding because branding in perpetuity, like you talked about, the more distribution, the more records are out there, the more you share for free, it's only going to increase your perpetual branding value, which is going to ultimately beneficial to you as a brand. I do want to follow up real quick. So since you've experienced different patterns of discontentment with different industries that wasn't aligned with your purpose, have you felt that now? I'm not scratching the surface on this. This is, it just started, man. I, I love doing this. Like, so I let all that stuff go. Everything I could think of sold the food truck. I got everything out of me and I'm fully focused in music. And I have a crazy blueprint and 2020 is completed and now it's 2021. And I'm just going at it, man, day by day. Putting Anwar first and the world isn't ready. Uh, from your basket of opportunities and traps that you dealt with, do you have any advices or insight tips to any aspiring artists or producers who are thinking about moving to the mecca of music, which is LA? This is a great question. For producers, you've got to just learn to be more open if you want to get your network up straight up. So if that's giving away beats, it's just giving them away, man. Stop looking for upfront costs and understand branding. They're helping you brand, bro. If you don't have a tag, that's on you. You should have a tag if you're a producer, if I was you. In this day and age, that's how you literally brand yourself, man. It's weird it sounds sometimes a tag is far more fire than the beat. <laughs> and honestly, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know. But for producers, I just say keep collabing with as many people as you can. If you see something that works in a structure that's fit for you, sit in that seat. Don't try to get limited, but understand the seat. If it's literally bringing you up faster than you can bring yourself up, they keep sitting down in that seat. Does that make sense? Because you're not there yet. But also, I know people say don't get content with doing that. Understood. You can still check yourself out. Try it while you're going out. You know, you can see how high up you're going and then start collabing yourself. It's weird. Like, for producers, I would just say make a bank of loops and send them to as many producers as you can and uh, allow those producers to get your placements. Just know which avenue you want to go in. Some people are just YouTubers and... They just post beats online and they just get revenue and ads through ads on YouTube. I'm telling you, there's a lot of producers. I say like 90% of them are getting fucked over. Fucked over. And it's not sex because now I learned it's not my job to rescue. <laughs> you know, so like. Definitely, man. Appreciate you sharing on the specifics of the inner workings of the music industry. I know, as you mentioned and alluded to, there's definitely certain traps that kind of emerge through that. So we're glad we're bringing awareness to a lot of those traps that you've seen. Maybe on a more holistic lens, if you were to offer up similar advice to the world in general or people at 21 kind of trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Uh, say you have a mentorship program. Are there any big pieces of advice that you would give? Yeah. Don't be scared to fail. Um, I literally fail for fun now. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like, I literally, I feel fun. Like, if, I, if I'm like, yo, I believe in myself, let the response humble me if it's not good. That's just how I move now. Because, like, I have to put myself at a pedestal that I believe myself should be, you know? And until I sit that seat, I'm still going. So for the people out there, you can feel when something is a trap, man. You can feel when, like, you're like, damn, I'm wasting a lot of time and energy on this and there's no, you know, output on it. And when you get really good and consistent when being in traps... As crazy as it sounds, you'll just start realizing like 
this will make sense or you'll realize this time frame makes this much. So me, what I realize is I'm really good digitally. So I know how to make my money faster digitally, straight up. So mm-hmm. I'm just working myself digitally. I'm just, I'm just gonna work myself digitally for a full year. I see where I am and um, pivot from there. So for them, don't be scared of jumping in different avenues. You're young. If your parents try to sway you a different way, explain to them first. If it doesn't understand to them, try to come to common ground with them and execute. Uh, if there's no common ground, then you better have like some oomph in you. You might have to go leave for a little bit and come back better. If you don't come back better, then you have to come to an agreement with you. You know what I'm saying? Your parents. Don't be scared to risk, man. Fear for fun. Really appreciate the advice because I think those tips are not just for music people, but I think it's applicable for everyone. Is the audacity to try something new and the audacity to swallow. When you do get fucked, but reflect upon it and eventually do hit that pivotal point like you're alluding to. So we will end this episode with the question we ask all of the guests because of the name of our podcast and the purpose and the intention is to discover more about life collectively. We would like to challenge you as the guest of this week to kickstart Black History Month. Um, so what is an area in your life, professionally or personal life, that you want to discover more about this week? And also, we want to uh, pass the mic to you for you to challenge our listeners to discover more something about after listening to this amazing episode. I challenge myself to see more, more international black leaders and see the history of, you know, they've brought to us. That's one thing I really want to touch upon is just history. That's what I challenge myself. For the audience, I would just say just trying to understand or reverse engineering a process one might have to take that you might not have to for February. Even though you don't, let's say, even though you're not a cook at a fast food restaurant, just challenge yourself to see what they might go through for the day. See how blessed you are to be in the position you are. If, even if, if it's homeless, whatever you can think of, just, just see how they maneuver, you know? And appreciate where you come from and where you stand and where you might see where things might be going wrong and try to clarify on that and help on that spread. Embracing the new perspectives and yeah. emulating those ideas into one's own life. That's really great advice that really embodies a lot of the stuff we like to talk about on Discover More. So I appreciate that advice deeply. And for you taking three hours out of your Saturday to speak to us and talk all things life and, and Wheezy. Um, much appreciated, bro. We had a great time talking to you. Any closing thoughts or things that you would like to leave the audience with? Places they could connect with you? Things they should look out for? If you haven't listened to any of my music, you can check it out on all outlets. If you want to talk about the business tip of things, just connect with me. Uh, my Instagram is Anweezy. A-N-W-E-E-Z-Y. On that, don't be afraid to fail. And yeah, get ready to see the kid on the rise. <laughs> Yeah, so to all the listeners, and of course to you, Anwar, i like to echo Aiden's sentiment. Really appreciate of your three hours of time. Obviously, you told us you had to reschedule a photo shoot for this conversation, so really appreciate of you. Yeah. And of course, to all the listeners, we will link Anwar's website, his music production, his tag, and his Instagram in the show notes below, as we always do. And with that, thanks for discovering more with us this week, and hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Discover More. We release a new episode every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And would really appreciate if you have subscribed and shared this with your friends. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us next week in the journey of discovering more through intentional dialogues.